0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about nurse and companion crops versus weeds. In our spotlight, we're going to look at a new formulation of husky herbicide. Ag History Minute, we'll talk a little bit about cornstarch. Cool Beans That's Corny, we'll have some current events. And we'll wrap it all up with our Ag Idiom of the Week. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schaumburg, hey to all the tilties out there, and I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Welcome back, Bill. Thanks. We, we missed you last week. Yeah, you I missed know. our J.J. Watt talk and how we got I'm all our hopes up. with that. kind of glad I did. Yeah, no. we were like positive, and then like within a couple of days,
1: Watt to Arizona. Boom. Oh, yay. Boom. After it all played out, I fully feel now that the Packers had no chance. Like, they didn't even ask. They probably called... And he said fifteen million and they hung up.
2: That's like, hey, can we get the home count discount? Yeah, fourteen and a half million. million. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll do
0: it for the Rogers rate.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I can't like after looking back to it's like why did we why do we think he was coming here? Right. He's from Wisconsin. He went to the Badgers, so you'd think we had some
1: chance, but after that it was it was about the money. Max don't even want to say anything. He's so nope. mad. Nope. He's so disappointed in his brethren.
3: I, I said, I said last week, cautiously optimistic. I have no real intention of him, or no real belief that he's going to sign here. If he did, I'd been very excited. But uh, like I said to you guys before we started recording, I all the things about how he, you know, he wanted a ring, and you know, he cares about this and that, is a bunch of baloney. All he cares about is money, which.
0: Yeah, why else would you go to an eight and eight team, right? Who is the uh, not the worst in their division, but the third worst with the worst divisional record, and that's
2: a tough division too. He went
0: to
1: like basically
0: the best division in football
1: now. Vegas right. already has them as the fourth, like the uh, best chance to finish last in that division next year.
3: Are they really? Is that really the best division, or
1: is it one of the worst? Because
3: none of them are that good.
1: Well, it's, they're all the same, though. Like yeah.
3: they're all all great. Right. It's win hard. Division. It's hard that yeah. way. But like,
2: they're all tough of, wins. But like you say, Max, they're not necessarily great like we, teams. Like the Rams be,
3: made the playoffs, and well, the
2: Rams got Stafford now, so
0: yeah, might right. be different.
3: The Rams made the playoffs, and I don't know, but well, you guys won. The Packers played the Rams. That was a pretty much a no doubter there.
0: They're in one of those divisions where it's either like the best division or the worst division. They're, yeah. they're never really mediocre. Okay. so you've got the NFC, NFC South. Which can be like that, and then you've got because uh, what is that? The it's got to be the West NFC West, yeah. The yeah. NFC Beast can be like that too, a little bit. <laughs> they're just <laughs> NFC bad. Least,
3: what? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. NFC
1: Beast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, they're you know they're just they're one of those where either like everybody's rocking it on it, or they're like everybody's in the toilet kind of deal.
1: I think just this goes to show that the reporters know absolutely nothing. It was Arizona cool the way was he never had, talked. No, about they
2: didn't. He, well, and they the, the way he announced it is just on Twitter, wearing an Arizona yeah. shirt or whatever. Yep. and yeah, it was and kind of cool room. that way. And, and like you say, all these, you know, guys with their breaking news and yeah. all their
0: insiders. And yeah, they, the Adam Schefter wasn't the the one that we heard this one from on like you know so many other things.
3: You see the story that he had his brother order. I think it was six six shirts from six different teams and get delivered to his house so not not to JJ's house to his brother's house like nobody knew like you couldn't even like piece that together that couldn't even break it (laughs) He had like the Packers the Titans the Bills the Browns the Cardinals maybe one other team he said they had all the shirts delivered
1: so he could put it on
3: and whichever one he yep but they they didn't want to only order a Cardinals one because then somebody might know
1: right smart yeah He's he's getting paid, man. Yep. Making the big bucks. Now that we can talk about maybe
0: happier news. It's, it's warmer. We're not freezing, but has spring sprung yet? I mean, we're... It's
1: we're, like going to be 50 on Monday. It's first spring. Well, almost 60 by first, first Tuesday, spring. and then rain. Nice. Yeah,
2: we're like 20 degrees above normal next week, but windy. They said
0: really Windy. Yeah, snow cover is relatively non-existent. Yeah, it's going patches. away.
2: Even yes like days where it's been cooler, it's it, kind of going away too with I think the it was, more sun.
0: It was 2 days ago I walked out and I was walking to my truck and I kind of looked over and I did like a double take cuz I was like, holy crap, there used to be like snow here. What happened? Yeah.
3: <laughs> the sun's warm. You can tell. It's funny, you can tell like the su- we're getting closer to summer because the sun actually you can feel heat from the sun oh, yeah. for the first time in and-
0: yeah, because we had what six the, months. A couple days yeah, it was earlier this week there was a day when it was kinda like overcast, a little bit windy. And it actually like felt cold even though yeah. it was it was like damp. Still it like just, forty. Yeah, yeah, it was chilly, yeah.
3: But when we get in the dead of winter, the sun it doesn't matter. The sun is still cold. We're not like you can tell when we start getting closer, like yeah, the sun is starting to warm a little bit. Are all the ice
2: shanties off lakes now, Max? Is it don't most of them got to be off by? I would think a lot of them this weekend. Would, I think well, pulling them now this game,
3: week. Game fish it, ends on. That's a good question. Actually, game fish ends this weekend. I think maybe it might be over already. So not a whole lot to fish for, yeah. except for certain bodies of waters. It never closes. So anyway, I would think a lot of them are off. Yeah. A lot of the big shannies are off.
0: If you were going to use a vehicle to do it, they were probably off last yeah, week. Right <laughs> this week, maybe a four wheeler in some spots, but it does take a while to get the ice
2: out of there, you know, off lakes. But yeah, and, and
0: even watching how it has been
2: a somewhat gradual warm up, which would be good. So hopefully, we don't have another late. It always always seems that March comes in. What is it in like a? It's usually in like a lion, lion out, out like, like a lamb. A, but yeah, this year this, it's kind of the opposite. In like a lamb out like a lion.
3: I actually, saw one of the. Um, one of the charter fishing uh, people that I follow on Facebook, they said their their shacks are going to stay out on the Bay of Green Bay until March fifteenth. They're permanent shacks, and they drive—I mean, they drive you out there every day. So mm, they're saying March fifteenth. They're pretty confident that we're even with this weather, we're
0: going to be all right. Yeah, you can pick them up on the Michigan side. Of the lake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in, in about three weeks, in with all the other stuff that <laughs> broke off, in
2: boat, I mean, or it'll melt halfway across the yes in other news some <laughs> charter fishermen are being rescued
0: on the lake two miles but out it wasn't that long ago before we had that cold snap there was yeah what, 66 guys they had yep. the rescue
3: yep before the bay was frozen all the way across we uh lost lost a sheet oh well
2: they got that, them all back
3: yeah yeah they didn't get their gear back but you know all fishermen are back so
2: yeah, i
0: wonder how that works is it do they like bill you afterwards if the to right. uh, come get you? If
3: it's your first time being rescued, it's free. If it's your second <laughs> time, you have to pay. Um, have that's, you, have um, you that's, had
0: that's, that's free actual, one? No, I have not. I have first not. one's free. The first <laughs>
3: one's free. The second one you have to pay for.
0: Everybody gets one.
1: You get a mulligan. Isn't you get that, one.
0: Isn't that right, Peter? Everyone gets one. You get one. The, so. the
3: gear's just at the bottom of Lake Michigan. It's or? not. It's probably frozen somewhere. Oh. I mean, it's probably not on the bottom. I mean, that was a bit. I mean, there was. There was, it will
1: be at the bottom there was a couple eight inch, of there
3: was eight inches of ice when it broke off, so that didn't just melt and sink you know that
0: is around somewhere, but who knows where it maybe the Coast guard goes back for it later yeah that's that's there then they sell it on auction somewhere <laughs>
1: that's your Mulligan
0: yeah it could have floated
1: all the way up the, all the way up the bay and yeah, out they, into the lake they just Michigan. get it on
2: Michigan side yeah they pick it up in
3: yeah.
1: over there get it in Algoma
2: yeah Well, Algoma's the site isn't it?
3: No, Algoma's Michigan side. No, oh. interstate trade. Yes. Well, it, Algoma's the Wisconsin side, but it's on Lake Michigan. Like if, it,
1: yeah. if it's in yeah. the bay, it goes up and around the thumb. Right. True. I got you here. Yeah.
0: Washington. Island you mean Fair-y. like Michigan,
3: the state of Michigan Correct. side? Okay. Right. Yeah. <coughs> Most people, Todd, refer to the Michigan side as the main part of the lake, and the bay as that, the bay. Yeah. I got
1: you. It's not the
3: Wisconsin no. side <laughs> of Lake Michigan. <laughs> No, it's the bay. It's the
2: I wish bay. there was a lake between us and
0: Minnesota sometime. It's There's bigger. a river. I mean, Superior yeah, we need kind something of. Something bigger. There's a section of Somewhere you got to take bigger. a
2: ferry across, not just bridges. Just bridge. <laughs> I
0: wish we had to ferry to.
2: Like, would you trade having the lake between us and Michigan versus us in Minnesota? I'd make that trade. <laughs> Which, I mean, upper Michigan, we don't have a lake. But what do you, the only what problem is if we. What if do you
0: want in Michigan that you, you can't get in Minnesota? Or no, LA I'm where? saying I. I'd
2: You'd rather, just be,
0: further I'd away rather think just be closer to Michigan. I
3: think it's a vicinity thing. I think if Michigan yeah. was close and there was a lake between yeah, oh us yeah. Minnesota, then we'd hate we would hate Michigan and like be we like, hate
2: Minnesota. Man, can we get
3: Minnesota sometime?
0: <laughs> I think I'd be fine with a lake between both. But <laughs> there you
2: yeah. go. Yeah, just we need a moat,
0: <laughs> some sort of thing. Which, all the way around. We ishmi- are, are we an isthmus? Is that <laughs> what we're going to doing? The now? isthmus we're of isthmus. Wisconsin, <laughs> Marryathmeth. <is> anyway, you guys ready to get into this? Yeah,
1: that went off the rails there for a little bit,
0: just a touch. All right. Well, this week we're going to talk about nurse or companion crops versus weeds. So, la-
1: seeds I sow, someone warm them from below, till the rain comes down.
0: Who sings this song,
1: Matt?
0: Uh, it's been sung by a number stones. of people. This particular Last version is John Denver. The
1: Feel the need to grow my own. John. The time is close at hand. Rain
0: for so you, you, sun and you want the happy crops, you know, more the John Denver than this other one where, you, you know, you, you don't want the negative side of things, which this song I think illustrates. Here you go the anti garden song. Slug by slug, weed by weed. My garden's got me really deep. How the insects love to feed. On my tomato plants.
2: Oh, the YouTube video is great
0: because Sunburned it just shows a, a bunch of really bad-looking crops. Right, bad gardens miss, and, yeah. Just, I like the zucchini comment,
2: too, because it does, the there's so many zucchinis.
0: The
2: the Here's a cat pooping tries. in the garden. <laughs>
0: Even ragweed grows in gardens, huh? Apparently, (laughs) according to the anti-gardens. Wow. I wonder if it's a resistant (laughs) to (laughs) roundup. So I I think a lot of times guys get these confused. Um, You think of having something, nurse crops a lot of guys are familiar with. That was pretty common for establishing alfalfa. But the idea of companion crops gets confused with weeds, I think, quite a bit. Like, why would I want something else growing there? It's not really going to benefit me. Um, so, for example, nurse crops would be peas, oats. Um, you Could, could do, it be peas and oats? You do peas and oats. You can do, yeah, you can do combinations. Uh, spring barley, spring triticale, uh, millet can all be used as nurse crops. That's where you're trying to establish something else and you want another crop there to kind of help it along. Yeah, the best way to say it's, a, it's an annual crop that you put with a perennial, with a perennial. crop yep. to yep. Like, get it established. So, nurse
1: it along.
0: Yeah. And then a companion crop would be something you grow together. So, some examples would be types of beans, um, faba beans, lentils, uh, soybeans, even ryegrass, clover, vetch, radish, um, fall trit, fall rye, rape, buckwheat. We go on, there's lots of different ones. Um, those would be like your interseedings, or if you think of the three sisters, you know, the idea of companion cropping, having three things that can occupy the same space without having a lot of competition with each other. And then weeds are anything that we think of that are competition. They're going to take away from our primary crop and cause damage, loss of um, productivity. So I love I
2: love these explanations of them. Remember last week Matt came up with the new you're you're gone and I he did, came up with I did with listen though. Complimentary, yeah.
1: yes. complimentary crop crop.
2: And that was like very fitting, you know, better than alternative. Yep. So yep. we we're going with this new I kept getting mixed up though if it's complimentary or complementary, but I don't think it's complementary. It's not like free breakfast that you get the next morning. It's <laughs> complimentary, it's complimentary. Uh, but companion and nurse crap. These definitions are perfect. Like companion, the definition of a companion is one or a pair of things intended to complement or match each other. Perfect. Like you don't want it competing; they just work together. And nurse definition, I wonder exactly because it's either. Give medical and other attention to a sick person, or to like breastfeed a baby,
0: to nurse. So, so you've never it's, seen it's like is peas and oats is like alfalfa, bringing the the, alfalfa right. up to the the pea pod and <laughs> let it get helping him
2: along. <laughs> no, so you order like, yeah, is alfalfa the sick person or <laughs> what do we? But it, but it is a good definition. I still feel you can, that
1: it. I mean, young of, young yeah,
3: alfalfa is basically a child. Yes, it, it is,
1: and it's is not so doesn't weak. do any protection to the soil. So that's what you're peas and oats are doing, right? You're right. Again, helping Protecting, protect in the yeah. soil. I, I think, you know, when you think of nurse, those the exact definitions maybe
0: don't fit, but nursing someone back to health or nursing, like it means like taking care, care of, them. of them. Yeah, right. You know, it's maybe nanny crops would be nanny. better. <laughs> <laughs> we need our nanny <laughs> crops out there. Get your nanny cam for your nanny, nanny crops. Crop. Um, so with nurse companion crops, some of the pros, like we were talking about just a second ago, uh, can provide... You know, shade or sun cover to help establish row crops. Sometimes those tender seedlings, depending on the time of year, get the beating sun on them, can make them wither. Um, So you're helping kind of keep temperatures regulated, I think would be the best way to put that. Um, They can provide yield. You know, a lot of times peas and oats guys are harvesting either with or prior to harvesting the alfalfa. As we all know in alfalfa seeding years, if you do a spring seeding, you're not going to really see a crop off of it until pretty late in the year. So it gives you something to harvest in that first first round to kind of boost your yield. Uh, keep other species suppressed. So you get maybe some of those unwanted. That's why we have Roundup Ready alfalfa, right? Is to spray out, you know, we can then spray out the weeds that are coming in. Uh, so they keep help keep the weed species. I'm going to do weed in air quotes because... Like we said, that definition can kind of vary. Uh, erosion. Bill, you kind of mentioned that before. If we get pounding rains, especially in the spring, something to kind of hold the soil there.
1: To me, that that's one of the key ones, right? Because right. like you said, Max, the seedling alfalfa is pretty small, wimpy. and Small seed, it's slow to, yeah,
3: to do its to thing and put down solid roots, where if you plant it with oats... Oats is a little mm-hmm. bit larger seed it grows quick it gets yep. those roots in and can kind of brace the alfalfa in there I you guess get a,
1: you get a three inch rain in <clears throat> in uh, May or late April after you plant and you got some of that up already you can do a better job of keeping that soil up in place
3: well and when you think when you think about an alfalfa seeding that's worked pretty fine We don't want a lot of clumps and then crushed yep. really flat when it rains hard on stuff like that, it can come off in sheets.
2: Yeah, you have real I mean, and sheet erosion, yep. yes.
3: It's not great. So if we can put some oats with it and kinda help, you know, break up that that face. that fa- I I'm gonna call it referred to it as a face. If you can break up that face with some oats, protect your alfalfa seed.
0: Yep. And then another thing they can do is attract beneficial insects. So a lot of beneficials are attracted by flowering plants. So you get like your that's your peas and your peas and oats. They tend to flower. You can bring in uh, Beneficials to hopefully take care of any bad insects or pests that might come into your crops. A lot of times, that provides a solution to, especially when you think about certain crops. Um, you know, having a beneficial there to eat the pests is going to be a lot better than having to go out and spray. You know, it's it's f- free. We never like to use the word "free" when it comes because obviously there's a cost to seed and everything else. But you know, you're not making an extra application on the field if you don't have to spray it, so that can be a, a benefit there. Now,
1: on the other side of things, we well, have weed. weeds. Another thing with the spraying, oh, too, Matt. Sorry to interrupt. Is a lot of times farmers don't like to go out in those fields until the first harvest. Right. You know, to track up the field or going back to Max's thing with the small plants is you run that small plant over. Do you kill it too? You know, when it's really small. So trying to stay out of there and you got some of those beneficials that might help you do that. Spraying new seeding alfalfa gives me anxiety. (laughs) The weather is never conducive to doing it, is it?
3: it? It's never conducive. And you're always like, okay, we want to get out there as early as we can, but did we go too early and we're going to have tire marks all the way up and down the field 18 times? You know, it's, so I think it's one of the hardest ones for us to, to time and do it successfully. And yeah. if
1: you're not using Roundup, if you're using the old conventional herbicides, exactly. they don't do a very good job if you wait long. So you exactly. got to get out there early, right. and then the soil is softer, and you have to wait for the
0: alfalfa to get to a certain point so you can get out there. But then you don't want to get it too far. <laughs> I'm, getting
3: the, so, I'm getting the Sunday scaries just thinking yeah. about spraying alfalfa this spring. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and you think about the ones we spray are usually the ones that don't have a, a nurse or a companion crop with it. Yep. So they're the, the prime candidates. So spending a little bit of extra seed money might be worth... So
3: there was, there was our big sell right there. You heard four agronomists talk about how, how frustrating <laughs> it can be to manage alfalfa in, in the establishing stages.
0: Yeah. And usually when we do spray, you know, you're spraying for weeds, well your co-op guy is always going to say, hey, we should throw in a insecticide. Not that that's not a... And, and sometimes we suggest that too. We should always scout it to make sure that you need to spend the extra money, but it is a relatively cheap thing to do. So, um, you know, again, it's going to add that little bit more cost to your spray and something else that we can maybe avoid and save you some money. So on the, on the other side of things is, is when crops don't do their job or become competition and that's when they become weeds Um, so they're going to compete for water and nutrient sometimes in a like if we have a wet spring and we're trying to establish something that can be a benefit take up excess moisture but if we as we start to get dry into the summer all of a sudden it becomes a competition issue and that's when we start to see losses in our row crops and that kind of thing and and competition for nutrients which you know we we don't want to track up the fields, so we want to avoid having to spread things on them too. We try to usually front load that, get it in before the establishment. So uh if they grow things grow too well, they can smother the crop you're trying to establish. So if you have too thick you know, don't want to plant these things too thick that they they take over.
2: Yeah, let's do a specific example of like oats with new seeding. Um, when you're doing just oats for grain, you go, like, two bushel of oats. But when it's with the new seed, I'm usually down to, like, one bushel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, re- literally, we're cutting that rate in half. Th- so, you get the benefit of it, but not the sort of, you know, too much of a good thing where it's going to smother. It. Well, this and I've the, seen...
3: This is the fine mixture of art and science yeah. coming yeah. together right here because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. we have our rates, right? We have these established rates that we should go with, but then we also... Look at field conditions and and things like that, and it changes quickly because, we, like you say, you grow you you throw two two bushels of oats with your alfalfa seeding. You're not going to have an alfalfa seeding.
2: And years ago, that was probably more common to be higher, like two bushels, because they would take it oats for grain. Yeah, and there also you got then your your duration of competition is longer because yep. you're waiting for grain, and then those seedling underneath usually just get filled with bugs and stuff because it's so late. So that's another thing to look as, you know, how we used to do some of these nurse or companion crops is sort of changed or evolved over time of which, you know, alfalfa is a very expensive thing to establish. So you're going to do whatever you can for that alfalfa and not for, you know,
1: not worry about oats for grain or anything like that. I think the addition of peas with those oats, Todd, is a more risky proposition when you're using that as a as a nurse crop because... Those you get the right weather and those peas really give her, you know, and you get, you know, waist high, chest high peas. And then it always seems to happen, they lodge, you know, right before harvest and then you cut them and where they lodged, you might burn out the alfalfa, might smother it or, you know, we put the peas and oats down and then we get a rain and can't get out there for a couple of days. And how many times have you guys scouted fields? And it's all these lines in the fields because the windrows. Snuffed out that yep, well, snuffed out hmm. that uh, row because it laid out
0: there too long. And let me let me ask you guys this question. So typically when we're looking at cutting first crop off of a new seeding, it hap- it always seems it's going to fall between your second crop of your established and your third crop of your established. Yep. So no nurse <laughs> n- no nurse crop it's a lot easier to let it let it wait, right? So yep. do you think, are, are you going to cut your nurse crop alfalfa earlier or later in that situation? You're 100% in about-
2: right, Matt, is the custom guy's there. You got to cut it and you go to the farm and say, well, it's ready in like two weeks.
1: Well, that's the um, exact and, wrong answer, Todd. And
2: all the times I've waited, because then you, obviously in two weeks, the custom harvest is not coming back. They're coming back <laughs> in four weeks with right. third crop. Every time I waited for third crop, I've regretted it. And every time I've cut it with second crop, I I have not regretted it, so it's been so. Yeah, that's going to be my go-to. Is you like you say, especially with the companion crop there, you have something to cut. Yep. At second crop time, where without it, and you gotta wait till third, and by then it it just doesn't seem like the seeding's worth as much. It just it's flowered out a lot. I mean, it's still good quality, um, but it's lodged and just almost let gone too far the other way.
3: I'm just gonna hope we have uh, the luck we had last year every year because last year most of most of the stuff. I was looking at, it was perfectly ready for second crop because we got it in so So early. It was like, well, that's perfect. We'll cut second crop and then just cut that stuff on the backside. So, you know, you can keep it separate, but it's, it was all cut together. It was not like two weeks. It was perfect, but that don't, that does not happen very often.
0: So the last thing that I I have for a negative, and if you guys have other ones, you want to add that, that's fine, but is attracting pests. So a lot of times extra greenery, all that kind of stuff, can bring in not only, you know, we talked about bringing in beneficials. Now we're talking about attracting things that we don't necessarily want out there, the pests. So whether, whether it's army worm or um, grasshoppers or any kind of... Black cutworm, damp- armyworm. Cut yep.
2: Yeah, it, it's... What I say with that one too is it just makes our scouting more valuable to watch for those pests because yep. it's not... Um, it's not an every time thing. Even with armyworm, it can seem that way sometimes, but it it really necessarily isn't. It's just another thing that you got to watch for um, and make sure you're ready to to you know do the IPM and spray if you needed.
3: I got my additional con. Yeah, and it's yeah. actually one that we've talked about a bunch of times, and I'm going to say it again. You have to have a way to feed it, right? That's the biggest. That's one mm-hmm. of the. That's the first thing when I suggest. Hey, maybe we should plant some oats. We don't want to feed that. So that's, I mean, you got to have a way to get that, that crop used up. And if you're a, if you're a, a, you know, hard and fast, we only use pure alfalfa, you're going to have a hard time with
1: that. Had that discussion yesterday with a grower. We were talking about, um, he's got cover crops in rotation. He wants to go to a little bit more annual forages, uh, just to break up some like long term corn fields well, what should we go to while well, we were kicking around sorghum sedan? We were kicking around, this isn't companion or nurse, but just kind of we went with the Italian rye because he doesn't have a need for sorghum because it's more of a heifer feed than a cow feed. So I think you're dead on right there, Max, is if you're going to feed some of this, make sure you have an outlet for it, right?
3: I, I I mean, I really like companion crops because I know no matter what the companion crop, even if our alfalfa fails, we get something. Where When you plant just pure alfalfa it can fail and you get nothing right I mean it happens but at the same time I'm a lot of guys they do not want to feed or not a lot of guys but there's plenty of guys who hey I only want to feed pure alfalfa I don't want that other stuff in there I just I don't want it I don't want to deal with it it doesn't fit I don't want it so as much as you like a companion crop at times it's not really an option
1: and that's why not every farmer does it right Matt
0: that's right not everybody does it it's not always (laughs) the fit for every farm Seems like we talk about that a lot, but there is is no silver bullet. There, we can't just do one thing for everybody. There, there's, there's like one. 300 brass bullets. There's one silver bullet. What's the one silver bullet? Coors Light. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. There is a, a beverage silver bullet. You are correct. So <clears throat> just to kind of recap a little bit. So reasons to use a nurse crop or a companion crop helps to establish those perennial crops. You're providing cover crops for post-harvest with some companions. You know, if you're doing an interseeding, um, whether it's early or late, you're going to get something there. Uh, It's a lot easier to establish, especially like in grain crops, to have something there already rather than try to follow up as you get later into fall. Um, Nitrogen fixation, something we didn't talk a lot about, but can be a, a positive of some of these crops. You get legumes in there and they can help build nitrogen for either the following crop or the crop that's there and they can improve soil health. Um, a lot of times with the soil health discussion, you get diversity, and you want to have different species um, kind of diversify the rotation. That's one way to to work it in if you're looking on trying to build that toward a soil health goal. Um, and factors to consider, like we said last week with the forages, same with using a nurse crop. Make sure you're talking with your nutritionist. You know what your target is, um, You know what you want to get out of Having that extra crop there and make sure they're on board so they can help you feed it. Weather. Um, it's a big factor. Nothing we can control, but I always be watching kind of the weather. If we're in a droughtier year, sometimes, like I said, you're going to get more competition than you want out of these things.
1: Um, How much of your day as an agronomist is like focused around the weather? Too I feel too like much. a lot. Too much. It's the best like, and worst part of our job. Isn't it? It's like... Wake up in the morning. What's the weather gonna be today? It's, it's gonna be hot, it's gonna rain on us. It's too much because you get those questions like, Hey, we should do this or this.
3: Well, what's the weather gonna be like? And then you have to you have to play weatherman, <laughs> except say, yep. for the normal weatherman, when he's wrong, nobody cares. When I'm wrong, it's a problem.
1: Cause he went out and sprayed and then it rained as he was spraying.
3: Oh, cut hay. That's my oh, awe <laughs> the cut hay talk every yep. year is the same. Is it gonna rain or not? Well, there's not a cloud in the sky and the you know, they, they pull in they pull in with that triple mower and you hear one crack of lightning was, and you're like, saying, here we go.
0: Max, that's the easiest answer. If you cut, it will rain. If you don't, it won't. <laughs>
3: how about this? I'll wash my truck, it'll <laughs> rain today,
1: then you cut tomorrow. <laughs> Boom.
0: And then it just rains
1: again. Yeah, uh, I think our whole yeah. industry revolves around <laughs> that, doesn't it? Weather.
0: Yep. Uh, means of establishment, how are you gonna get it out there? Is it just you know if you're drilling alfalfa? Do you have a a second seed box is it all gonna be mixed Um, so kind of plan that kind of stuff ahead how are you establishing this companion or nurse crop um, tillage being used the more you know if you're gonna roll and crush that can play back into your means of establishment you have a little more leeway to operate there Um, if you're going no-till then you're you're gonna want to get that seed to soil contact and and do a little things a little bit different and your crop goals Um, do you want the extra yield do you want to not have to spray your new seeding. We talked about that. That's the great option, have the nurse crops out there, spend a little bit extra on the seed, a little bit extra maybe on the fertilizer, a little bit less in the sprayer, and having to run down the crop. So all things to think about. Nurse crops, companion crops can be good for you. So there you go. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. Think everybody sitting around our group here has used Husky before. Now we've got a new formulation from Bear, Husky FX. So they're adding Fluoroxapir, which is a group four herbicide, to the existing group six and twenty-seven chemistries already in Husky. So it'll be Husky FX for cereals to provide broad spectrum control of broadleaf weeds with improved efficacy against Tough to control, Kokia? Kosha. Kosha, Sorry, and built in resistant management and built in resistance management.
3: Kosha's a big one down south, right? That's yeah. our, we yeah. don't have kosha here, like at all. Not no. really, no, no. But I, I remember when we went to the Weed Science <laughs> Society, they were ah. the guys from the south were big
1: kosher guys.
3: Like I'm like water hemp, giant ragweed. They're like, no man, Kosha. That's the one. Kosha's is not kosher.
1: <laughs> so I was just going to say the same thing.
2: Well, Fleurax appear is starane, yep, is one yep. of the trade names
1: and that's starane's big claim to fame is kochia.
2: It's interesting too it's the same same um, group as stinger and milestone. So stinger is common, like in hornet. Yep. It's a component of that. Um so yeah it'd be an interesting yep. one to sort of put in milestone in with that. Milestone's Yeah, on that's a pasture herbicide. Is, yeah. It's really good on um Right.
3: It's really good on um thistles.
2: Yep. Stinger. Yeah, so that'll be kind of a a neat new mix. Did it change any of the plant backs, Matt? No, nope,
0: I, I looked at the label, and um, fortunately, yeah, it looked like the plant back restrictions were all pretty much the same. So we're not really you're not losing anything by having that added ke- chemistry. You can still um, plant your other crops within that four month window, especially like alfalfa is a big one when you're yeah going the the alfalfa
2: the after wheat. Biggest downside to husky is it's such a close window. Yeah, of four alfalfa. months so is like borderline.
1: You, yeah, you basically. Yeah, it's You're tough rolling. to do on
2: on that. So, whereas some of the other ones, we choose those because you know you can fit alfalfa in that rotation, but husky. but at least it's not longer. So, the,
0: right.
3: The only thing about husky is that it's got this longer plant pack window. It's also got a longer a, a longer application window than a lot of the other yeah. options we have. Like we and gen- generally yep. husky's our last last one applied on. Like we apply it on wheat most often. Right? Yep. I mean, that's our that's our last like yep. oh man we go. missed the boat on t right. 4 We're riot. gonna go we're yeah. gonna go Husky now. And then it's got the longest plant back too.
1: It's a pretty darn good herbicide too. It did a fantastic oh, yeah. no, job it it really last good job. year.
2: Max is as the Deem Tilt Talk Radio of all new namings, trademarks <laughs> and uh logos. What's your of this Husky FX? What do you think of the logo and the name? I got to gotta open the
3: label here so I yeah, can the, actually the, see
2: it. It's kind of like the old Husky. The K's got like a different color that looks like a little kite in the it eye looks and a lot It does look like a I mean, lot like this, the old logo. Yeah, and then the F and the X is like a bigger line. I'm not sure what they were going for exactly with that.
3: Well, you don't want to put a plain FX because that's just boring. True. You know what? I want to say they did a good job here. They made it a little different, a little but uh, they, they kept the standby, you know, so people don't get confused. They still know it's the same product, which is
0: good. I think they... They could have totally taken another shot at this one. Just called it Husky Fox and had a picture of a Husky fox. heavier fox it's, as the logo. Husky fox. It's a it's a sweaty fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whew, I'll take care of your broad leaves. Just just <laughs> give me a minute. Just, Ooh, built right. built for comfort, not for <laughs>
3: speed. That's right.
0: Uh, not your twentieth century fox. It's your twenty first century
2: fox. And I'm guessing the FX is just full of rocks up here, like
0: the FX yeah, from Yeah, It's kind of like you know. when they put ATZ on the back of something. Yeah, <laughs> right. For the atrazine component, yeah. Yep. So, all right. Now we'll move into our Ag History Minute for today. Gotta love the banjo. All right. Today we're going to talk about Cornstarch. So, starch is the main constituent of grain flours, and the most plentiful starch is corn starch. Although most products from corn milling go into food and feed, 4.5 billion, yes, that's billion with a B, pounds of starch are annually produced, largely for non-food purposes. Of that 4.5 billion, 3.5 billion pounds are used in the paper board, paper, and related industries where starch serves as both an adhesive and a coating. New uses for corn starch continue to surprise. For example, when agriculture research science, service scientists married starch to a synthetic chemical, they managed to create a product so thirsty it could absorb hundreds of times its own weight in water. Someone decided to call it Super Slurper, and the name stuck.
1: Sounds like a 7-Eleven drink there. does. Yeah, you're super slurpy. <laughs> super.
0: I think I had one on a quick trip this
1: morning.
0: <laughs> it absorbed all the moisture in your body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the patents were secured in 1976, Super Slurper started popping up all over the marketplace. The absorbent compound, which can slurp up to 2,000 times its weight in water, is used as an electrical conductor in batteries. You can also find it in fuel filters, baby powders, wound dressings. Uh, compounds very much like it are also used in disposable diapers and sanitary napkins
1: i was gonna ask if it was in in diapers
0: because that yeah it seems like it would boom tuta. it is amazing it still much never those enough. diapers can it's, it's, it's amazing
2: enough. how much they can hold and it's still never enough yes <laughs> and the nighttime ones like when they say oh it'll last all night yeah no no not if not not
3: always i gotta get some i wonder if this is what they put in um so like wrestling we got these nose plugs these little cotton like they're made of cotton, but there's definitely, it's not just cotton, and you shove them up your nose. I wonder if they put the super slurper in there, because I've seen some pretty nasty, bloody noses just... Just
1: slurped sl- up, it's, huh?
3: And when they come out, they're like double the size of when they went in. Like, they're, <laughs>
0: they're pretty impressive. Probably is. It's many uses of cornstarch. Right All there. right.
2: If you like what you're hearing, please go to naicc.org, and there you can find a national independent crop consultant in your area, Thank you for listening. We appreciate all our listeners here at Tilth Talk Radio. Um, please tell a farmer friend. That's all we ask. And they're going to say, like, well, what's a podcast? What are you talking about? And you'll say, no, these are, it's great. It's radio for your phone. You just hit subscribe, and they come right to it, and they might have to pay data chargers, but they would still get to listen. It would be great.
0: Matt, where can they find us? Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. So now we'll talk some current events with Cool Beans. That's corny. So Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Our Cool Beans for today is a bipartisan Cattle Market Transparency Act of 2021. So something that lately seems like it should never happen is bipartisan. (laughs) Bipartisan. (laughs) 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 But it's still happening uh, once in a while. Wow. So, legislation would restore transparency and accountability in the cattle market by establishing regional cash minimums and equipping producers with more market information. So, looking for ways to kind of take some of the cloudiness out of cattle marketing and hopefully
1: make things a little more fair all around. So, the elephants and the donkeys can agree on cattle? Uh, apparently. I, I what guess? do you get
0: when you
3: cross an elephant and a donkey? New cattle market. <laughs> apparently in the in the in the uh, name of transparency i would just like to point out that this whole article is outlined by the acuron um ad if you guys are looking at the article i don't know That subliminal messaging got right i cuz i'm very familiar with that ad it got right to me uh,
0: p- apparently you're just looking up too much acuron cuz i don't have an acuron My, mine's ad got mine. acuron in oh, right yeah, mine oh no, yeah dude
3: mine it's right at top it's like I don't know if you're what your guys. Like it's hard like, to get it away from it. Almost. It's literally the Acuron, like the thing with the the two treasure chests. Zoom oh, down, yeah.
1: you guys
2: zoom down. The zoom isn't working. Oh, this isn't working. No, way. it's not. Yeah, Can you do, don't. You don't. Mine's have, got, yeah, you don't have I'll, the special. I'll uh, turn my computer.
3: You guys haven't been infiltrated yet. Yes.
0: Apparently, it's I'm not, not like a not in with Big. It's Acuron. like you're gonna walk
2: fields and find this treasure box of corn. But that's
3: the we did a we did a segment like two or three weeks ago about Acuron. It was a new formulation. Or yep. Shh, they can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I gotta I gotta tell you guys. Sorry. Okay, this is and insane. Here we go.
1: This is insane. So is Mark Zuckerberg listening to you, Max?
3: Yeah, he is. So I called my dad this week to tell him that a friend, actually an employee of Toth Agronomy. Um, is gonna be selling firewood again, and my dad is always looking for firewood. So I call my dad and I tell him this okay. I Didn't look anything up. I didn't do anything. I called my dad and I said hey if you're looking for firewood I know we're a guy who's got some Da da Gave him the details right over the phone did not did not text anything did not look anything up on the internet the next day I'm scrolling through Facebook B&K firewood processing. (laughs) Da-da-da firewood. Da-da-da firewood. And I'm like, this is unreal. Like, I know it's coming, but it's still every It's here. It is here. Siri is is. always listening,
0: Max. Siri likes to listen. Oh, my God. She's a bit of a a peeper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I
3: understood, like, when I would, if I would, like, search Search something, and then the next day it would show up on Facebook. Like, totally get that. Like, no doubt. I know how that works, right? When I make a phone call and say something... And then it's on my Facebook the next day. I'm like, oh, oh big brother, yeah. <laughs> big brother needs to go away. Anyway, sorry, I totally went off the rails there. But <laughs> is I, that or that's corny? Well, no, he. he uh, <laughs> it, it could be. Do we need to retrace our steps here, Matts? I had the the accurate thing that Matt said. Obviously, yeah. I've been searched too much in Genta. That's how I got here. Okay, that's if, yep. for anybody who All skipped right. the first thirty minutes <laughs> of the podcast.
1: I think you guys need the Jeffrey the Computer Guy's special. Pop-up blocker. It's not a pop-up blocker. It's, I don't know, it's I
3: literally got... the backing for well, the article. Yeah. Like it's... it's working
1: for me and Matt. All right. Yep. Showed you. I don't have a
2: Jeffrey, computer guy, and see.
3: My, mine's working perfectly. I just have three different Acuron ads on my screen right now.
0: <laughs> well, now, that now if we're done giving yeah, no free ads ads to free to Acuron free <laughs> we'll move into that. That's corny. You're welcome, Syngenta. So as temperatures warm... All right, that's corny for this week. Winter wheat status unclear, so there is some concern about winter wheat coming out of our. We had we went from you know our really really cold temperatures now into our really really warm temperatures as we're going to hit near 60s forecast for next week. Uh, so wheat that went into winter stressed from drought or poor temperatures just had another stress added it with the very cold temperatures. If you didn't have snow cover. And this comes from Northwest Kansas in some discussions on Twitter. So there um, are potentials for, depending on where you are, uh, wheat to have some issues coming out of weather. And we don't know. We've got a lot of March left to go. What our weathers going to bring? They're talking rain next week. If we get rain, then it freezes and ponds and does all this other fun stuff. We, we may be looking at some issues. So It
2: always is tough because most winter kill occurs in March. Yep. February, March, so it's that's uh, always a difficult time to to know where we're at, but you can't do anything to change it. You right. did it. you did all what yep. you could last fall, so we'll we'll see how everything goes. And so far, it's looking. I'm knocking on plastic, plastic. plastic. floor, 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 <laughs> yeah. floor.
3: Todd, I
2: knock on wood. It's so far been. It you know a seemingly good winter for us so with, for us yep we're, in our, we're doing our, our
3: with when that arc, when this article came out and the factors they're listing as the as the indicators I'd say we fall on the other side of that where we actually things went about as good yeah. as they can go to this point
0: yep no we had a, a pretty good fall and
1: everything don't so. you think our 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 trit and our rye and our wheat. Went into fall, like, really healthy. So really much better thick. than it has in years. The best, yeah, the best yeah. we've had in a long time. So that's that's worth a lot, I think.
0: Yep. All right. And now we'll wrap her all up with the, our egg idiom for the week. And that is sweating like a pig. I'm sure we've all said it at one point or another. But uh, what's funny I thought about this egg idiom is pigs don't actually sweat. So kind of interesting to... To think about how that that came about, despite the fact that they have no sweat glands and they typically cool off by wallowing in mud or water. So,
1: isn't it ironic? It as is. a
3: four-year Autogamy County pork producer, I can confirm pigs do and, and, not and, and sweat.
1: Just four, four just
3: years. four, or three, four. I don't really remember. I how many, how many years I showed at the fair.
0: And and as as a human who does sweat, sweating is usually a good thing. I mean, it helps cool your body. your when you stop sweating, you should be worried. Right.
2: But I do think that it says the origins of this is derived from an iron smelting process in which hot iron is poured on a sand and cools and solidifies, which pieces resembling sour piglets, hence pig iron. Yep. So obviously, it's you're sweating like when you're by that hot. Yes. You know, that's the, by the origin of pig like iron. Like you yep. say, it's, it's not it's, an animal. Pig. It's very ironic in general of, yeah. of yep. the origins of this one. And it's such a common used one. Um, that, yeah, next week in the heat wave, we may be sweating. <laughs>
0: yeah, especially, you know, when you're just wearing sweatshirts and hats and everything <laughs> else, and you get out there, you're like, ooh, I mean, I've already had that, where I'm driving around in my truck like I should have taken my jacket off. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I did, I did heat, not need that, this. That's like my worst feeling. Yeah, and then you're trying to oh, get the jacket yeah, off while you're driving, trying. and
2: you're, ar- yeah, and then you have the passenger, like, grab the one arm if you hey, can. You, or- can you pull this
1: for me quick? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm not worried about texting and driving. Get an well, <laughs> I don't, it's, don't do that. I'm worried it's, about undressing dr- and driving. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The real one for me is the overhead sweatshirt. Yeah, or, I don't. You, know, I, you're,
2: you, you do that, man. That's a bolt. Like cinch
3: it all up. So here's what you do. You like pull it up like around your head, and you get to like <laughs> right where it, right about where you would get it, and you get like your arms set, and you're driving with your knees, and then you make sure there's like no cars for like a little bit, and then you quick do it. Because that way, if you cross the center line, you don't hit anybody. Yeah.
2: You got you to gotta be on like a not county road, not major highway.
0: Ho- hopefully no cops are listening to <laughs> yes. this. Yeah. Uh, if you see someone pulling off a sweatshirt, it's probably Max. <laughs> yes. Just That's don't what? do it in the company truck. The, 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 sweatshirt driving. Driving.
3: <laughs> the sweatshirt pull is an all-time. That's not a...
0: Is that what Tiger Woods was doing? The sweatshirt <laughs> oh, pull? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Hey, they're investigating. They're looking for the black box. Oh, yeah. They they said he might might actually get charges. Yeah, that could get ugly. Mm.
3: Well, anyway, I do know somebody who does not sweat. Yeah. They don't sweat often. They don't sweat often. It's very rare. No. No. (laughs) They do not sweat often. Does his name
0: rhyme with (laughs) tax?
3: No. It's it's also not me. Um, Confirmed good sweater. Um, but this person doesn't sweat and they just give me a stroke. Like they, just, <laughs> they just <laughs> almost die. <laughs> it's just like 100 degrees and they're like, we'll be outside like hanging out and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to die now. Like they just don't, they just wow. don't like, you know, your body sweats and you survive and whatever. They just like don't sweat and then like, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and that's the end. Like it's.
1: So, they were blessed you with minimal sweat glands. I would yeah. say blessed would be right, would it? That
3: sounds
2: I would like say, cursed. Yeah. Do yeah. you have to then make a mud bowl for them to yes. wallow <laughs> in? I
1: like will say this person, a, like as they get puddle? older, they are starting
3: to sweat and like oh, a little good. more. But right. like I remember when he was a kid, like we couldn't do things in the summer yeah. because he just wouldn't sure. melt. So yeah, <laughs> very interesting. And if you saw him, you would totally understand, like, yeah, Sun's definitely so not. So you his didn't put him in the mow? No, he was you, not a you, he was not a hamo kid. Not without
0: a sprinkler, like you'd have to yeah. have a hose right on him. Oh, to-
3: I'll never forget. We were at the um, we were at the Miami Zoo in June, and uh, we had it was well, you know my, my little cousin with us who was only two. So they were in a stroller, and by the end of the day, this other person who was like ten years old is in the stroller, and my <laughs> two year old cousin is walking because they he could not function anymore in the zoo. So that was
1: Miami in yep, June does
3: not. Yeah, I know.
2: For people with sweat glands, that is also
3: difficult. So congrats on sweating, guys. Good job. You did it. (laughs) We did it, guys. We did
0: it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week, we talked about nurse companion crops compared to weeds and how things can change depending on how you manage those fields. In our spotlight, we looked at the new Husky FX product coming out from Bear. Egg History Minute, we talked about the many uses of corn starch, cool beans, a rare bipartisan move to help cattle market transparency, and our That's Corny was keep an eye on those wheat fields as we continue to move through the end of winter into spring. And fill in it all up with our Egg Idiom of the Week, Sweating Like a Pig, so hopefully you are not sweating like a pig listening to this. Maybe you're in the workout room and you are. But thanks for listening, and as always... Happy farming.